0: Welcome to This Week Health. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, where we are dedicated to transforming healthcare, one connection at a time. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2024 conferences, the spring conferences, VIVE in LA, HIMSS in Orlando. Special thanks to our sponsors, Quantum Health, Gordian, Dr. First, CDW, Gozio Health, Artisite and Zscaler. You can check them out on our website, thisweekhealth.com. Now, on to our interview.
1: Hi, I'm Drex at VIVE 2024, and I am here with my good friend, Teresa Meadows from Cook Children's Hospital. And you guys have a lot going on at Cook I, right uh, now. You, you just opened a new whole new hospital. What's going on? What's top of mind back home before you yeah, came here?
2: I mean, originally, I'd have a lot of different answers. Like, top of mind right now is, Trying to help operations deal with the change healthcare.
1: Oh, yeah, issue. for sure. That's
2: but for us, probably a lot of evaluation about how to improve workflow and burnout. I mean, that's kind of been our, our number one focus. So we're looking at products that actually will solve problems nursing so
1: burnout, clinician burnout, everything. All. Everybody, all. So we're, we've
2: got two projects we're working on one for physician and one for nursing mm. to really kind of reduce, actually, get more nurses into the workforce mm-hmm. and then help our physicians want to practice medicine, which most don't these days. So, yeah. really trying to figure out how we bolster both, because if the mom, if mom is not happy, nobody's happy. So if the nurses aren't happy, doctors certainly aren't happy, yeah. and vice versa. And I'm so, married to
1: a nurse, so that's you know, 100%. And that's I'm, I'm a, nurse, and you're a nurse, so I'm so. super
2: cranky all the time. So if I'm not happy, nobody's happy. Okay. And so, so we've really focused on trying to find solutions, and we've kind of done a problem-based approach. Like, what are your key pain points mm. and we're trying to find solutions to kind of influence those pain points versus just looking at everything on just the market. Just not a shotgun, but right. something that's
1: really specific yes. that there's consensus around So we did a, burnout this a survey we okay. did, and we oh, yeah. surveyed everybody for burnout right.
2: and then we took that data and now we're trying to find solutions to maybe help reduce it.
1: So here you are. I know. At the big show. Yes. Looking around at a lot of stuff. Yes maybe for burnout or for other things. Yeah. What are you seeing that is kind of interesting, might be something you take on?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's several really cool technologies. I think AI, I hate to even say it out I loud. It. it's okay. Um, is really in an its infancy. And so trying to find someone who has actually thought about a problem mm. and not just, we're going to cure your documentation with AI. To AI everything. Yeah, but really kind of maybe hyper-focused mm. solutions. So... I saw I was talking to I forget the name of the company, but we they have a solution where they help patients get to a doctor faster. So with all the access problems that we have, mm-hmm. they have technology that will actually sit on your website and help you find get you to an appointment in two clicks versus thirty seven clicks. Yeah, wow. That normally it takes for somebody to find a find something so that's kind of cool right but there's lots of cool stuff
1: yeah there is lots of cool stuff you
2: have to have the coolness for the realityness. i think there's always a balance in right. that right and yeah. that's
1: part of your bs detector yeah. that's built into all cio you get super jobs. excited
2: about what you see but then you're like uh. Uh, let me think about the downside <laughs> yeah. of that what could go wrong with this?
1: so speaking of not downside but if you could have any fictional character as your life coach who would that be and why
2: it would totally be Ted Lasso.
1: Ted Lasso, I think that's a good. Why
2: you love that guy? I love him. That's yeah. why I like soccer. My daughter was a, so- is a soccer player. Yeah. But secondly, his approach is kind of how I approach things. Yeah. Like He's very people-oriented yes. and relationship-oriented, and figuring out how people tick.
1: I totally see that.
2: Figuring out how people tick, like I really enjoy that. And yeah. so to see, like, I know it's fiction, but to see how he kind of learned what made people tick right and then making people like you like i'm going to stay with you till you like me (laughs) i love it that's what i would do i'm like you're gonna like me
1: so that cranky thing isn't really it.
2: it isn't it's occasionally i'm less cranky (laughs) most of the time
1: hey thanks for your time really appreciate you coming over doing the interview i'll see you soon yes you will all right hi i'm Drex at 5 2024 and we're with toby at first health advisory and man there's a lot going on this week uh, i want to start by just thanks for being here and tell me a little bit about your background because you're kind of legendary and all of
3: this. oh well i worked for first health advisory as the chief chief security officer for a government health divisions so but before i joined first i spent five years as the provost for the sans technology institute right so that's that's what led me here And first health is uh digital health risk assurance company, meaning that we do cybersecurity practices, we will do privacy and resiliency initiatives as healthcare moves into the digital age, security needs to move with it. We want to make sure that as we're adding new features and benefits to improve healthcare, that we always do them in a secure manner so we don't hurt healthcare in the process.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that, part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because a long-time healthcare CIO but I got to this point where it became really clear to me the thing that's going to interrupt all the investments and all the things that we're doing that are benefiting patients and families seems like it's more likely than ever to be a cybersecurity incident yes so I started focusing on that path because mm-hmm. I think that's maybe my where job, we can do the most good
3: my jump from the SANS Institute was exactly for that reason while I was at SANS we developed a product called Cyber City from the Air Force it's a kind of attack and defend range where they could practice their, their tool sets, mm-hmm. right, both ways. You know, it has a train station in it, it has a school system, it has water pumping stations, missile silos, and a hospital. We put an electronic health record system in, was embarrassingly weak. It was like a piece of Swiss cheese. Yeah. So before we gave it to them, we had to harden it. And so I went and talked to my good friend Carter Groom at All First right. Health and said, like, you need to get into the business of providing cybersecurity practices along with your information technology implementations. Yeah. He agreed if I agreed to join him. And so I know that healthcare was going to come under attack. And so that's why we're a healthcare only focus plan.
1: I mean, First Health Advisory has such an amazing and interesting history of how the company got here. You want to talk a little bit about that from the Doing initially electronic health record implementations and all of that. and then as as those things went around, like, oh, wait, here's a giant gap and a and a challenge. Yeah. So.
3: yeah, they, we were one of the major players when Mediflow use came out to implement electronic health record systems, but really for us, the differentiator wasn't about to plug it in and go away. Yeah, he was really trying to understand what the customer's needs for and what their clinical workflows are because we have clinicians on our team to represent the voices that so it's not just an IT project, right. stuff like that. So the vast majority of success of those early days was putting in what we call at the elbow support so the clinicians could really take advantage of the workflows of the new equipment that they had. And like yeah. I said, that's the connection to that cybersecurity practice when we found that the EHRs that were all being put in were terrible. As a matter of fact, I know there was a year long delay in the implementation of Defense Health. Mm. because Cerner could not be put in because they couldn't pass DOD security standards. it was a whole year delay before they got that started. In the ever-evolving
0: world of health IT, staying updated isn't just an option, it's essential. Welcome to This Week Health, your daily dose of news, podcasts, and expert commentary designed specifically for healthcare professionals like yourself. Discover the future of health IT news with This Week Health, our new news aggregation process brings you the most relevant handpicked stories from the world of health IT. Curated by experts, summarized for clarity and delivered directly to you. No more sifting through irrelevant news, just pure focused content to keep you informed and ahead. Don't be left behind, start your day with insight at the intersection of technology and healthcare, This Week Health, where information inspires innovation.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of people have talked about AI this week, but I would, venture i guess that the most talked about thing this week isn't ai but the stuff that's happening back home systems being down because of a cybersecurity incident you just were quoted in an article why don't, just tell me that story because okay. it's gotten a lot of coverage a lot of people are reading that
3: okay so the the story kind of starts quite some time ago but the the newness of the story starts on like February 13th yeah. when some security researchers reported a feature in uh, ConnectWise uh-huh. that allowed you to create an admin account, even though you weren't logged into the system, which bypasses multi-factor authentication yeah. instantly. Okay. So that security researcher told them in private, they spent the next two days coming up with a patch like they should. Then they rolled that patch out from the 15th to the 19th to their network. For all their cloud based servers, but they also knew they had about 8,000 plus on prem instances of it. Right. And so, on the 19th, they said, like a good company would do, there's nothing wrong with what they did. Everybody's going to have flaws that they need to fix. They said, we have an issue and here's the solution. Well, you know what? Numerous Actors have been watching ConnectWise and other vendors of these similar products because they're a big gateway. Yeah. Okay. And so they pounced on that probably just as fast, if not faster, than anybody else to patch the situations. And so we we started noticing a a whole basket load of different kinds, from from different kinds of malware to denial of service attacks to ransomware attacks being loaded as a payload through that open door now and stuff like that. And so they noticed that and so what they did at ConnectWise was they freed up the ability to put that patch on to everybody. Even if you were running an unlicensed version right. of their product, they let you right. put the patch on. And then they also, another step, and really gave you a screen that said, if you try to log into an unpatched system,
1: these call
3: the help desk yeah. if you have an unpatched system. Yeah. So they really were diligent. But the trouble is, uh, statistics show somebody's going to get hurt in that. and, you know, and It's a race, right? I mean, it's it's a really race. a race when, it's when a race. somebody <laughs>
1: announces a zero day. or yeah. This is a it, two day. It, people find it out, yeah, right? It's a two day. It's a two day, right? Yeah. But to the world, attack, it sort of feels like a zero day. Once that's out yeah. there, then there's a race. There's a race between the good guys who are trying to figure out how to patch it and get it not a problem, turn yeah. it into not a problem anymore, and the bad guys who are trying to figure out how to weaponize it. Yeah. And, and the, patching is a chronic problem for
3: us, too. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It's, it's a big burden. But uh, the malicious actors operate in minutes and hours. Yeah. And the good guys operate in days and weeks.
1: I mean, you get the patch and you have to put it in the lab and you need to test it and That's make right. sure it's not going to break workflow, right. business right.
3: workflow, or clinical workflow, or
1: whatever, and all of that takes time. Yeah. The bad guys are standing on the accelerator.
3: So, so if you move forward just a little bit, yeah. two days later, as we talked about, on the 21st at like two o'clock in the morning, an announcement comes out, Change Healthcare's got an issue. Yeah. And they, again, did the right thing. Disconnect, step number one, disconnect. Yeah. And some people were faulting them for doing that, because they were worried, well, what about the implications of healthcare? No, I'm exactly concerned about healthcare. Yeah. That is the perfect thing you need to do, disconnect. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you I know, think so that I, we, that, that's an admirable, admirable first right, step. Right, and then start communications to yeah, everybody to be, try transparent. To, to be transparent and you know work through, call in the right individuals to start fixing the problem, and then come up with some assurance and show me that I'm not coming back online unless I've got assurance that I've either gone to the right kind of a backup, where I've done a rip and replace, or I've even gotten hardware, whatever it is. And these things, everybody wants them to be back online as quickly as possible. Right. But traditionally, history would tell you these kinds of things can last upwards of a month. They take a um, while to so sort they, out know, and understand be, what's it really It might be happened. a couple days, but it takes a while to sort out and get assurance that I'm putting back on something that's not still effective. Not right. to mention the fact, that that's just business continuity. When you go to disaster recovery on this, it could be six months to a year before they're really up in operation and operational on that. But today, if I were talking to people about what they should be doing, it's like, don't get into the blame game. It doesn't matter that Alpha V was the actor. Yeah. How does that help you that a Russian nation state was doing this? Yeah. That's you, as a security professional or as a CIO, should be looking to your business unit leader to say like, what's our business continuity plan? This was, in essence, a not a third party breach, but a fourth party yeah. breach. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have a business continuity plan in place for in case something fails? Yep. And the answer is typically, well, we didn't think about that yet. We haven't looked at the we haven't, we haven't looked at those forms we're for doing, a few years. We're doing our surveys and we're getting our third parties to turn in their self-assessments. Right. Maybe a couple of us are auditing those. But when we get back an answer that says, I'm not comfortable with the answer. We haven't taken the next maturity step to say, well, what's my contingency plan around that? And that's what that's what I would tell people today. It's like if I'm focused today, I'm telling our security and CIOs to like, please start conversations. We're in business continuity. You need to be looking at how do I keep the lights on, not who done it. Mm, mm. Okay, so it's so it's like number one, uh, where are my cash reserves? Right. Because this is this is a cash flow issue. I'm not filing claims. You know, my insurance is down. One of my users? How healthy are my, you know, lines of credit? Mm. What are my favorite vendors that are willing to negotiate some new longer terms with me? Yeah. Uh, and then, what's the number for my favorite financial friend at CMS? Yeah. Here's another
1: question I have for you, along the same lines: Cyber insurance. So I have business interruption insurance. Does that kick in because it's not my breach, but it's one of my third-party operators? That had a problem that's causing me a business interruption. Have you have you had any conversations with anybody about that? Have you heard anybody trying to make those claims?
3: Yes, and the conversations have all led to it depends.
1: Uh, how was the contract? How, how was, was the, the policy written? How was the
3: policy written? What were the
1: things that right. were colored out? Right. You exactly, uh, and and
3: so there were some telling questions that came up in their meeting. The call where you know HHS was on the phone with CISA and the FBI and others, where one provider says. Um, is the reason that Optum said this this is a nation-state attack so that they could get insurance coverage? So, is, and the answer is I don't know, but that's so you're right. Those are very important questions about you know funding this. But, another, but even if it's cyber insurance, it's like, I they're going to give me my money, but are they going to come me a check tonight? Right.
1: Yeah, how long is this, yeah, this, is, this is going to right, take because right now, I only have 10 days cash on hand. Yeah, right so. now
3: it's it's what is my cash on hand and what's my flow there. And yeah, yeah. it's not just about the money, but the money is important for all the other resources we need right. too. Because And that's why I said that we're a risk assurance fund that's looking at at helping to preserve all of the resources mm. in healthcare as a cybersecurity fund. Because it's going to take extra resources right now today because we're manually processing Prescriptions. Mm-hmm. We're writing them down on pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. We're storing them in a the file somewhere. So that's extra resources. Mm-hmm. It's it a slower to the patient solution. And then later on, when we get from continuity Tot- in business recovery, I've got extra personnel that I have to bring in or distract from patient care yeah. to back
1: yeah, yeah, file all, that, all that into the
3: system right. so that they keep going. So so it's I'm really what going to be. Yeah, and, what, and resource management is really what it's it's what we're trying to protect. So because those resources are absolutely mission critical because everybody runs on a thin edge of excess resources because right. they want to devote it all to patient care. Right. And so we're really keen on that. So really, the message today is watch that. Yeah. Right, here's some worry about the rest in a bar six months from now. Right. Whodunit, right, come right. out later. And
1: that, that attribution part is actually, we sort of chatted about that briefly when we started. We, we started having a conversation before we started recording, and at some point I was like, we can't talk about this unless we have the camera running, but we, the, the attribution part is really difficult too, right? Because yes. a lot of these are sort of ransomware as a service kind of companies. Yes. Uh-huh. So the ransomware, the capability is is, is distributed. Um, yep. There are situations where the spider organizations, the e-crime you know, syndicates, one side of the company get mad at each other and the company breaks up and the, yep. and the IP... I guess from a cyber bad guy perspective goes in different directions and so sometimes Mm -hmm. now it's hard to do attribution because it all looks the same until you really dig into the sort of like the attack. Yeah, Yeah. it's It's going going
3: to to take weeks of detailed forensic studies to actually discover this because the initial attack vectors generally all look the same because and even, even the principles involved in them can be the same. So like for example, the signatures of what's going on now look very much like the same signatures that happened in the Colonial Pipeline attack. Mm-hmm. That's where Carter started to put some thoughts around that, how similar that is in that field to our field here. Yeah. Pretty certain that some of the same individuals, or their work product, was involved uh-huh. in this going forward. Uh-huh. They, they, you know, they get kind of stomped on by the, the authorities, the keeps disperse and right. scatter, but they don't all go away. They reconvene, yeah. pick up the pieces of their software, put a few new tools on them and away they go. Wow,
1: amazing. Uh, One of the things I wanted to ask if you're getting called about is, and we we sort of touched on it earlier, as the folks in the pharmacy, for example, start to talk to their counterparts and the pharmacy had changed. Like, I think think we're okay. I think it's okay for you guys to reconnect. And then they come to the CISO or the CIO and they say, Sounds like it's all clear on our side. So they start putting pressure on, you know, pretty much right Turn away. back on. All right. So talk about the risk conversation around making the decision about what you need to reconnect.
3: Okay. I'll start that conversation off with the fact that I think that, you know, by their actions and by our previous interactions with Optum, that they have sound principles and practices in the cybersecurity field. Mm. People need to recognize that change health is a relatively recent acquisition on their part it only mm-hmm. happened in last october so mm-hmm. you can't say that change healthcare is optim's healthcare. it is today yeah okay so so first step is is that what is your re- trust level relationship with the provider of the service and in this case i don't know who change was but i do know who Optum is. yeah and so that that's step number one. I'm gonna check with yeah. yeah, guys in a Right. Yeah, I'm so, gonna check yeah. I'm gonna check that box. Okay. Then I'm gonna look at you've got to then do an immediate business impact analysis with all the right stakeholders in the room yeah. to determine this particular connection, this particular operation, is it mission critical? Are there other sources that we have? Do we have options, not options? If it goes down, if it turns out that we've turned it on and it, it is a risk, I hope I'm smart enough to now have a backup. Yeah. And I've got monitoring mm. on place. So those are the kinds of questions that would go through my mind in a meeting. And then the business unit leader would then make the decision because it's, it's, it's a business decision. It's right. not a cybersecurity decision. Right. We're in the cyber world. We're the advisors Absolutely. to that situation. They're they're in charge of the bottom line. So right. they've got to make the decision with, with our advice. And so it's both IT security and business needs. Yeah. No, I love
1: okay. that. Paul, let me ask you sort of one more question, and, and that's really in the... More broader sense of spend a lot of time talking about change we spent a lot of time talking about change this week other things that you're working on that you're kind of super proud of that first health is
3: well one of the things i'll tell you is is that we are very strong proponents of this conference here vibe Mm. okay because in the cybersecurity space there's a saying that you probably know that whatever it is you know today 18 months from now half of it is obsolete Mm -hmm. okay so that if you're not reinventing yourself every day you're doing a disservice to whatever applications you're serving. So, so we're here at this conference and super pumped and excited because this is where the digital innovations in healthcare are happening. And we're listening and researching on those. And we're also looking at the new techniques in cybersecurity practice. And our job is to marry those two together to make sure that the future stays as protected as it can. To make so those that, lanes merge as early Make those lanes right, yeah. merge early and talk to these the start startups. Up early, early age stage, yeah. and make sure that they're working on building cybersecurity in from the start. That yeah. we know we know that's the most efficient way to do yeah. cyber security yeah. little bits and bites each piece of the way. You don't want it to be at the end of the day and be in the position where DOD was until sooner, oh, no you've gotta stop. Yeah. And now but I've just, used it here. And these people are, you know, they're working on venture capital money that's time to market. A year would crush they them. They got to go. Yeah. A year would crush them. So we want them in there first. So that's that's really the big excitement for us at this conference. And, you know, AI, uh, as you open with, is really important on people's lists. And it's important to us, too, in, in the idea that we are strong proponents of the fact that AI has the ability to improve healthcare delivery outcomes. Our job is to make sure that it doesn't, at the same time, give away the keys to the kingdom right. as it's offering that improved additional service. We see more and
1: more AI built into the products that we use, but we've not spent a lot of time thinking about what are the terms and conditions of when we put that thing into that software as a service product, and then it goes into the AI machine. Do they get to keep that data and use that data to train? You know, like there's a lot of of questions. I, I feel like that as a whole and of worms that
3: yeah. we only barely open. Absolutely, yeah, it's just like the devil is in the detail of the unintended consequences of unintended the steps that we're taking. Yeah, and, and, and they're not just data-driven, they're ethics-driven, too. Yeah. Okay, so we're so we're looking at anticipatory ethics processes. like Because everything that we build is built by a person, mm. okay? Software has the personality of the coder mm. and stuff like that, and it has an intention. Yeah. Okay, so we want to interview people for the intention of what they're doing, and then look at the unintended yes. features of the product, so and the wealth. biases of the person, and the that biases right, it, you know, that, that they don't even they realize don't even that, that they that. have, right? right yeah. Exactly.
1: Interesting. Thanks. I really appreciate you uh, coming by. Really, it's always, I mean, it's great fun to spend some time with you and talk to you. I have a feeling we're going to be spending a lot more time together. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for being a part of this. And that's it. We really appreciate you being here. More soon. Thanks for listening to
0: this interview in action episode. If you found value in this, share it with a peer. It's a great chance to discuss and in some cases start a mentoring relationship. One way you can support the show is to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you could do that, would be great. And we want to give a big thanks to our partners who make this possible. Quantum Health, Gordian, Dr. First, CDW, Gozio Health, Artisite and Zscaler. You can learn more about them by visiting thisweekhealth.com slash partners. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.